Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what is up, everybody? This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla, at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. He's Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Alex, how you doing on this hot afternoon? I'm doing well, man. How you? How you doing? How you holding up? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's we've hit that point in the off season where I'm like, okay, when's training camp? When is Lakers training camp start? Because I'm ready for a little like actual on the court, no more talking kind of mood right now. You know? Yeah. I I mean I I think we're pretty close. Like we're not that far away, thankfully. Uh, training camp kicks off September 28th. Yeah. So we're about three weeks away. Um. I believe the Lakers training camp roster has two open spots remaining. One of those spots. No, no. One of those spots is already taken. The reports of DeAndre Jordan, not official yet, but when Woj tweets it normally is. So let's start there and let's kind of work our way to what's going on with the Lakers. If you guys haven't heard on this, 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 this podcast network might gone a little quiet here lately. So thank you all for being here. But Alex, since last time we spoke, it was rumored Mm -hmm that DeAndre Jordan would get bought out by the by the Nets and then they added Paul Millsap so that really made it seem like they were but the Nets end up trading DeAndre Jordan to Detroit and Detroit is going to buy him out and according to Woj, Shams and everyone else that reports on basketball DeAndre will be signing with the Lakers so last week we gave you guys our initial thoughts but let's remind the people if they missed it what do you think about the addition of DeAndre Jordan to this Lakers team um, it's funny because like the first thing that comes to mind or even came to mind when this like first got a report, it was like, what does this do or how does this impact Marcus Saul's future with the team? And I, I mean, I, I doubt he has no future with the team. That's the thing. Like I, for as many reports of Anthony Davis was going to play uh, a lot more center this season, at least that's what he told Russell Westbrook, according to reports. And then some people were speculating he can even start at center this year, which I think was always kind of far-fetched. I, I, I do think he's going to play more center this year. I just don't think he's going to like be a permanent center. I, I don't think he's ever going to be that. But um, yeah, I think adding a guy like DeAndre um, with already having Dwight and Gasol on the roster, uh, yeah, I, I, it makes me a little like dubious that Gasol is going to be here uh, if deandre actually finally signs but in terms of like what deandre could offer or like my thoughts on him i don't know like i again i don't know how many minutes per game he's actually gonna play i think he's not gonna be like a front end of the bench option i think dwight's gonna play more minutes than him i think ad might play more minutes at center maybe like on a night-to-night basis at least when the like game uh calls for it so I, I think he's fine. Again, he, he adds that lob target, block, rim protection type kind of archetype they obviously want. And they've wanted since they looked for guys like Damian Jones and uh, Andre Drummond. So it, it this just kind of confirms they want to go back to that formula they had when they won the championship. Yeah. So if you want to know what Anthony Davis's role is going to look like, go back and watch the season when they mm-hmm. had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. That's pretty much the role he's going to be back in. He will be playing the five in the fourth quarter, or if DeAndre and Dwight get in foul trouble, yeah. like that's pretty much when you'll see him play as a, as a five, maybe in the playoffs. But let's just talk about regular season. Um, I think the conversation to be had for Anthony Davis's 
role in the season was if they kept Marcus Gasol. Because I feel like they have more of a similar style as far as perimeter shooting, that kind of stuff. So when you have DeAndre and Dwight Howard, I think this changes a lot for Anthony Davis. I think this means that Anthony Davis gets to start and stay in his preferred position at the four. And I think, I, I mean, personally, I don't really care if he's playing four or five. I, I, I don't mind if you have guys like DeAndre and Dwight that can cover him defensively. Um, and I know that uh, our colleague here, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Anthony just like hate this move by the Lakers. And I haven't agreed with Anthony, I don't think, on anything this offseason. So that's on brand that I don't <laughs> agree with him on the hate for DeAndre Jordan, which I bring up because I know you were a big fan of Gasol. So let's just work under the assumption that A, they do get they do announce officially DeAndre, and then B, that means that Mark will either get traded or that's the ideal, right? That's the ideal move is that they can somehow trade Gasol. I you would kinda hope so instead of letting him block. Right. It just seems like again, like it seems kind of I'm skeptical that they carry how many is that three centers with A D uh going into the season. That seems like a lot in the front court. Um yeah, but I I don't know. Like I I did like Marcus All, and I still do. But I I think the playoffs um, kind of showcase some of his limitations. And this is not to say DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard do have limitations. They definitely do. And that's why I think ultimately AD at the center is what's gonna work out for the Lakers, and that's what worked out in the finals and the playoffs. But um, mm-hmm. this is just the the route the Lakers want to take. Like, again, it's kind of hard to say, like, if it's the right or wrong one, like, right now until we see it on the court. And I think a lot of it ends up being Anthony Davis's mindset. Like, we can put the perfect center next to him that stretches the floor, does all this, or put a guy like JaVale or Dwight there. I think it ultimately comes down to how aggressive he wants to be. Like, if he wants to sit out there and shoot mid-range jump shots all game, like, defense is going to let him do that. Um, if he wants to get to the rim, even if there is other guys there, I think he still has that ability to do that when he wants. So um, I think ultimately, I don't think it matters as much who the backup centers are or who the starting center is going to be. It's just more of Anthony Davis' mindset. Yeah, I think that's. I think this is why I like the move more. Last year, we saw the the I'll call it for lack of a better term, the experiment out of necessity, basically with Gasol and Drummond. And I know it's unfair to say it that way because AD was hurt for so much of the season. But when you have a formula for success like you had two years ago with the front court, I'm just talking specifically front court because I know the rest of the team changed drastically. But when you had a, that recipe for success with the front court and AD, I feel like I was a mistake to move away from it last year. And now I agree with going back to it. And now I'm not sure. Obviously, it's just a guess. If they're going to be able to replicate that system that JaVel and Dwight work so well, that's to be seen. But I just feel if you're Rob Palenka, why not put your second, third best player in his best position to succeed and the one he likes to do the most? Like, why force him to play the five? Why force him to? Does it make your team better? Maybe. But if he's comfortable at the four and if he likes to play the four and he prefers to play the four and you think it's going to save his fragile body to play the four longer for the season, then this makes so much sense to me just for Anthony Davis. I'm not even I, if you notice, I haven't even talked about De- what DeAndre Jordan c- can or cannot do on the court, because I think the move is for AD. 
I was going to say, do you have any questions with that, like, plan of, of terms of going back to what worked before? Like, I, I know it's not long ago, but, like, Dwight is, like, a year older. Uh, DeAndre is older than JaVel, from what I can remember. Um, do you have any concerns? Well, obviously, the whole roster is old, but, like, do you have right. concerns about that aspect in terms of, I don't know, try just to run it back, that run it back approach? Because that was something we talked about last offseason that, um, we, well, it's funny because we actually wanted them to run it back this offseason. They didn't run it back right. this offseason. And last offseason was a season you would expect them to run it back, and they didn't. So, like, do you think this is the right approach to kind of just redo what worked before and kind of think everything else is going to figure itself out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, DeAndre is six months younger than McGee. Wow. That's uh, surprising yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I just feel like we had so much history with DeAndre for so many years yeah. when the Lakers were terrible. It probably seemed like he was dunking on us for decades. Um, he is 33, but he just turned 33. Yeah, JaVale and just ja- seems like, I don't know, I think it's his like just enthusiasm and his like joking makes him seem yeah. younger. And, and this is one of the few spots that they got younger in because Mark Gasol is 36, going to be 37 in January. So if you're going to replace him, at least you got younger. I don't know how I, listen, I wasn't watching a lot of regular season Brooklyn Nets last year. I know a lot of people were, wasn't, I wasn't. So I don't know how, you know, springy he still is. I don't know defensively how many blocks he's still getting on a regular basis. I know that he played quite a bit of minutes last year because of all the injuries. So, um, as far as your question though, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the Gasol edition. I am a fan of this edition just purely only because I never thought they should have broken up the mm-hmm. McGee Dwight situation. Um, and we've all, everybody that listens to this show knows how I feel about the Gasol edition. So I don't really need to do, dwell into that. I actually got a couple of messages saying that was pretty harsh on him last time, <laughs> which I'm not trying to be. And I'm not, I have nothing against Mark Gasol at all. I just think that why break up something that's working? And I've said that three summers in a row now with rob palinka but he does it every summer yeah you know what i think at the end of the day also i think we're just kind of nitpicking with like having like too strong of opinions on like end of bench guys like this would have been what like jared Dudley's spot in terms of like actual like bench spot not not in terms of role or anything but in terms of like where he's positioned like unless i'm like wrong and deandre plays 20 minutes a game or something like that which he could uh i i mean that's definitely possible i just i think it's kind of narrow-sighted to kind of just have really strong opinions on a guy like Gasol or DeAndre when I don't think at the end of the day it really matters in terms of like the grand scheme of things like I think it's all depends on how LeBron Westbrook AD work and if those guys Mm -hmm. work then I think the stuff on the margins isn't that important yeah I do think you're gonna have to have a playmaker step up in a playoff game here and there we've seen it so many times you know where there is when the Lakers won the championship, whether it was Rondo having a big game or, you know, whoever, you know, it's just like you kind of need the other guys in a playoff series. But when you're talking about an 82 game, which we're going back to an 82 game regular season, everything's going back to normal. You know, you got your Christmas games, you got everything that is normally there. So when we're talking about a regular season, yeah, man, I'm 100% with you. LeBron, AD, Russ, stay healthy and figure it out. And you're going to have a good team. And I think that's, you know, it's 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 pretty evident that that's what Rob Palinka believes as well. When you bring in players specifically catered to make those guys better, so 
I think you're right. I mean, we can talk about DeAndre Jordan. We could talk about, you know, Carmelo Anthony, but I think it's going to come down to those three guys night in, night out, which takes me to what you wrote about Russell Westbrook. You know, you if you go to silverscreenroll.com or if you just go to Alex's Twitter, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, you wrote something about Russell Westbrook and just his day-in, day-out energy and what that does for a team. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a lot. I've been wanting to write something on, on this in particular because, like, as, as just a basketball fan, we all kind of, like, have heard stories about Westbrook's, like, work ethic from afar, like, from as an outsider. Like, oh, like, yeah, like, this Thunder writer wrote this piece or this, or Zach Lowe writes this piece on it or whatever. And it's always something I've respected about Westbrook, but I think I, I'm excited to actually see it up close in terms of that work ethic and to actually hear the, his teammates talk about it and his coaching staff and stuff like that. So I kind of went back and like to his, like, I don't know, almost like a decade ago in terms of articles that was written about him um, from Royce Young, who just actually just got hired by the Thunder. He's going to be in their basketball operations. Uh, but yeah, just different articles writing and talking to Westbrook and his teammates about it. And like the consensus is just this guy is has an unbelievable work ethic and something that motivates like everyone in the organization. Literally every every team he's gone to, you can get quotes that say the same thing. Like and not just from like end of bench guys, like star players like Bradley Beal last season said how much playing next to Westbrook like and seeing his work ethic and practice pushed him to be a better player. Um, I think Paul George credited Westbrook and and that same thing for for him having his best year ever. And so I I mean as him joining the Lakers, the thing I thought of like right away was I hope this this kind of trend continues and he motivates a guy like Anthony Davis who already is a star in his own right, but does kind of sometimes get lackadaisical kind of does it bring it every single night or it kind of drifts like here and there i you would kind of hope a guy like westbrook is the kind of like a missing piece in terms of him getting to that next level yeah it's really good piece man and it's really it's something that i'm looking forward to seeing you know uh you can admire these types of players from afar which Mm -hmm. most of us do like before lebron came to la you know you knew lebron was great you knew lebron was was the best player in the NBA. And then when you get to see him every single game and you get to see the amazing things that he does that don't necessarily make a highlight or don't make ESPN or doesn't make the highlight tape, it's it's really awesome to watch. I think Russell Westbrook's going to be such a treat. Like you see the triple double box score almost every night. You see a random 50 point game every night. Um, you don't see a lot of wins maybe last year with Washington, which was always like like eyebrow raising, like what's really going on over there. But now I'll be really, really interested to see what it looks like to have Russell Westbrook on your team when he's not the number one guy. And, well, he may end up being as far as points scored maybe. I don't know. But he's not really asked to be the number one guy. He may not even be asked. I don't even think he's asked to be the number two guy. I think he's asked to do exactly what you said, to bring the energy, bring a leadership to this team. Um him rondo working with tht like is there a better who's who's a better ball handler than russell westbrook there might be a handful of guys maybe like this like the ball handling that he can teach tht like there's so many things that i'll be looking forward to uh including his interaction with fans by the way i know it's not in your article but i think it's part of the allure of russell westbrook that he he's not afraid to 
go viral for talking to a fan. And I'm kind of looking forward to just the, that kind of thing too. Like it, I think that adds to the fun, to the allure of Russell Westbrook. No, exactly. Like that, I think that's, again, yeah, I didn't mention that specific thing in my piece, but I think that adds to this kind of legend that he kind of has around him. Like Westbrook is a guy who, once the game starts, is complete, completely no nonsense. Like every game is life or death for Russell Westbrook. And then I, I think that spills over into the crowd. Like he, he's gone to a lot of heated arguments in the past. Uh, right at right and wrong with fans and even his interactions with the media like there's been tons of reporting on him not being you know the the friendliest guy to interview after a game and stuff like that and I think that all goes back to just how much he cares about the sport and how much like each game matters to him I think that's again I think that's might be his biggest value to the Lakers this year is not so much like the triple doubles and all that stuff but how he can kind of motivate and get these guys up for each and every game because this is a veteran team like they've done and accomplished almost everything in the league but they that that can kind of draw out this kind of sense of like okay we don't really need to try too hard against a team like charlotte on a tuesday right but if westbrook's there yeah he's not gonna take that crap and he's like the one guy like one of the few guys around the league who can actually have a say in the locker room that guys will listen to you know and what I do like about this, I don't, I don't remember if you wrote about this, but it, it matters to me. The fact that he hasn't won a championship—that's huge. The fact that he's hungry yeah. to go win a championship. Guys like him, Carmelo. Um, guys like Carmelo, DeAndre Jordan. You know, guys that have not had that ultimate goal of winning a championship. You know, bringing veterans in, bringing veteran in is one thing, but bringing in guys that haven't yeah. won with guys that have won you know that's that's to me that's a big thing especially someone like russell westbrook who's already an animated and hyper player to have someone hungry to go win a championship like that is you know it i think it's invaluable because last year i remember we did a podcast about anthony davis and how i brought up and we discussed does anthony davis want to be great a great player that won or does anthony davis want to be one of the best players that played of all time and i'm not sure we got a fair answer to that question last year because of the injury but i think it's a question still for anthony davis like does he want to go out and become one of the greatest players and win multiple championships or is he happy being this you know all-star you know that's a great player that's already won a championship. And I think having Russell Westbrook there, he's not going to be allowed to sit back and, and mm-hmm. relax. And I'm not saying LeBron wouldn't have done that for him either, but just having those two guys there, I think it's it's a good thing for Anthony. It's a great thing for Anthony Davis too. Completely agree. I think on and off the court, I, I like obviously Westbrook on the court is going to help him a ton in terms of just creating opportunities for him at the rim. Like uh, he, he does it almost better than anyone else the last decade in terms of getting assist at the rim. So just from that element alone, we know those two are going to have a partnership and have to build a relationship. A point guard and his big need to have a a relationship like a pitcher and his catcher. Like that's just needs to happen. So on the court, that that dynamic dynamics can be interesting to watch. And off the court, like you said, like in in practice, in the film room, like that, I think that's where the biggest uh, area is going to be in terms of whether or not Davis kind of takes this next step or even if not, it's a next step, but just more consistency when it comes to Davis. Because there's been too many games or quarters where like, his approach just isn't the right one. And then when he does flip a switch, the Lakers are pretty much unbeatable. 
And I thought we saw that in the playoffs and in the finals. A, a lot of their success had to do with Davis's play, like on both ends. So I think this year, more than ever, um, he's going to need that motivation. I think, and I think he's going to get it. Uh, right now, the Lakers have uh, for their training camp roster of twenty spots available. They have eighteen um, with the addition of DeAndre Jordan. You also have Austin Reeves on a two-way contract, Joel Ayayi on a two-way contract, Shondi Brown on Exhibit 10. you got to explain what that means to me. And Mac McGlung on a training camp contract as well. And you have two open roster spots for training camp. Um, are the Lakers done just making roster moves, or are they going to fill those two with some two-way guys or something? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure they, they'll bring in some guys just for training camp and then probably cut them or whatever, not bring them on for the actual uh, regular season. But... Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep one spot open for buyout um, opportunity later in the year, or if a, you know a two for one type trade or whatever, whatever it is. Having that extra roster spot open already makes things easier uh, to kind of maneuver the buyout market, which I'm guessing they're going to be super, super aggressive in. Yeah, um, have you come down to San Diego and visited SeaWorld this summer? I have not. I haven't. I don't think I've ever been to SeaWorld. Honestly. Well, that's one thing that Anthony Davis has done and that you haven't this summer. Did you see Anthony Davis in Lakers shorts? <laughs> yeah. At SeaWorld. I think that's the funniest thing is that he's wearing his like Lakers merch around like public places. It's like, I yeah. don't know. I think it's funny. Like, I mean, it's pretty okay. I don't think it's very easy for Anthony Davis to not get recognized <laughs> anyways. You have, when you're seven feet tall and you have the eyebrow, or it's it's pretty much almost impossible. So you might as well just lean sure. into it. Why not? But yeah, Anthony Davis was seen here in San Diego. I think almost every Laker has been in San Diego at some point this offseason. And I haven't ran into any of them. Maybe I should go to SeaWorld more often. Well, like, I, I think as that picture is circulating, what many people are saying, like, oh, Anthony Davis looks a lot slimmer. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, for, at least... With my again, I have really bad eyes. Uh, um, if he does look like slimmer, but I think enough people have mentioned it that it might be something that, like, when you saw the picture, does he look any different to you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the same thing though. Like I saw the reaction to it. Like, oh, someone's been in the gym, and I was like, has he? Also, like, because he just looks. Yeah, the same. him getting slimmer is probably not. Um, like, does it correspond to him playing more center? Right, like I would right. think, if he's losing weight, um, I don't know. I think playing center in general is kind of like, like a cliche. Like you need to be this big, bulking guy, and I just don't think there's a lot of centers like that in the league, um, outside of a guy like Embiid or Jokic. So I, I guess like physically, he doesn't need to do that. But I don't know. Like I guess we're reading a lot into pictures because it's the off season. It's exactly what it is. It's the off season, but. Um... The only thing that I care about what Anthony Davis looks like is if his ligaments and bones and joints are healthy. You know, like, I, I've never looked at Anthony Davis like, oh, he's kind of a little thick. He should lose some weight. Like, no, I'm looking at his, like, ankles that twist or his eyes that get poked or his, you know, Achilles and calves that get hurt. Like, this is – I'm excited to watch Anthony Davis play basketball this year because I think, in theory, he should be healthy because this is a this has been a very long off season. I, I I'm just, like – pre-warning you that first preseason game when he does play and he falls on the floor like just with it minutes. doesn't matter if he's in like incredible shape everybody's gonna hold their breath the second he hits the floor yeah i think uh, yeah. him hey, more train, than any player ever that? i think 
Can you train I that? Is that something you could possibly train that like you could stop falling on the ground almost You know every who play? like John ja Morant, yeah, for Memphis. He has a lot of, of of scary falls. I know a lot of Memphis fans are like he attacks too hard or like he lands super awkwardly every time. Um Davis like it's not so much like he's exploding. I think it's just cuz he's so big like it's hard to control your body like when you're leaving your feet and then to like land and like gather and all that stuff. That's hard to do for yeah. as just a general human being to do those basketball activities, but to do that at his size and his weight and stuff do like you, that's probably really hard. Do you have Twitter open? I do. Can you go to my profile of what I just retweeted? Because this is a brilliant invention that we need to give Anthony Davis as soon as possible. All right, let me um, see. A vest, a vest that turns into an airbag when it feels that you're falling. Oh, wow. It is a great invent. That's a fantastic invention. Someone get this for Anthony Davis is the tweet. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I would invest. <laughs> I would make this my jersey sponsor if I were the Lakers. This is this is who you need to I work would with. Make, I would make that my final roster spot, that vest. <laughs> I, you know, there's a, I mean, the majority of this roster, if we're being honest, probably needs something like this. Yes, yes, for sure. You got, I mean, on silver screen roll right now, the whole roster is there. You got LeBron above 35, Westbrook above 30, Gasol still there above 35, Dwight Howard 35, Ariza, Ellington, Carmelo, DeAndre Jordan, Rondo. Yeah. Maybe we could all get one of those. Uh, Rondo's fine. He's a, he's a spring chicken compared to these other other guys. That's true. He's he's one of the younger guys now. Him and THT. The young guys on the team. All right, Alex. Well, hey, if you want to read his work, uh, Russell Westbrook's Mythos will be the Lakers' lifeblood for better or worse. You can check it out on silverscreenroll.com. At Alex M. Regla is his Twitter account. You can see it there as well. Um I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. You guys can subscribe to this podcast. It's been a little quiet this week, but we had a busy August um, on Google, Spotify, Apple. I don't know if title's still a thing, but that's probably still, we're probably, we're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Just that's my, that's my, that's my thing. Alex, any final words here? Ooh, final words. On an off-season Tuesday on Taco Tuesday. I know, and we can't even make any predictions of any kind. The roster's pretty much None. set. There's no games. Uh, no. I don't, there's none. Like, I, I, again, I, as just like a, a plea, like if we see a photo yeah. uh, come out of a player, how they look, how they're playing in the gym, I just wouldn't overreact one way or the other. I know. I saw that thing, the, the Westbrook one, where he had like some tall pads being swung at him and he dunked. Did you see I that video? I see that, yeah. And everybody was like, oh, it's amazing to me that Russell Westbrook at his age can still move like this. I was like, isn't he like 32? Like that's Which not that blows anymore. my mind also as I wrote the article. I yeah. think like you said, I think just because we've grew up with a lot of these guys for years, they just seem yeah. older than they are. Like I'm almost like, I, I know you're a little older than me, but I, I turned 30 really soon. So that that's kind of scary. And like, that's why people are like, oh, this team's old. I'm like, I'm their age, like pretty much. They're not that old. Yeah. No, I mean, I make jokes about being 35 and guess who's 35? I am. So... Yeah, I know yeah, how we it feels to not be guys, athletic. If anything, stop making fun of them. <laughs> we can predict one thing on this show. Next Tuesday, <laughs> when we come back and we podcast, will the Dodgers be in oh. first or second place in the National League West? Because you guys get a nice little treat playing the Padres this weekend again in, in L.A. 
swept us last time. Uh, currently, currently one I game behind the Giants as we speak. Uh, you guys are playing the Cardinals tonight. The Giants are playing the Rockies. Mm, I say yes. I think the Dodgers are back in first. But yeah, that series was super disappointing. After that, like incredible first game, which ended like horrifically for the Dodgers. Like I thought, I was hoping for a little more drama in that series, and just kind of felt like fell flat for me. Yeah, it was. Uh... As someone that wanted to get Max Scherzer and oh, maybe, he's, he was incredible. You find out, yeah. you find out that Trey Turner was just thrown in on the deal. Yeah, when you see Trey Turner make a mistake like that, you don't get too sad from this pers- this side of the aisle, at least. No, and Scher- Scherzer was tremendous <laughs> uh, yesterday. Scherzer, I mean, I know you guys got Walker Bueller, but you you someone in a Dodger uniform is winning the Cy Young, either named Bueller or Scherzer. Yeah, they're so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. They're so good. Scary, scary stuff. All right, well, you say Dodgers first yeah, place I think so. next week. I mean, every time I've said the Giants are ready to fall back, they don't. It's incredible. I, I've been saying since May, the, well, the Giants are going gonna to tail off. They're going to tail off. And then they went through this streak where you guys took the lead because the Giants were just, I think they lost like five in a row. Mm-hmm. And then they went and beat you guys. So I, I can't, I'm not going to bet against them anymore. I'm just going to say it's going to go Giants. And Dodgers, and then the Padres win the wild card, and it's Padres at Dodgers oh, for the one wow. game wild card. I mean, MLB would love that. MLB would love that. MLB would love that. All right. Well, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, go check out Alex's writing on silverscreenroll.com, but just go follow him at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You will never miss his stuff once he writes because he always posts it there. Alex, this was fun, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you Thank next you, week. Thank you, man.